This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Joined by Mary Lucas from Transitions Life Care. Here's your host, Jason Kong. Welcome to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Good afternoon. Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas and Sam Peterson with Transitions Life Care. Mary, how are you today? Doing well. I've been struggling with all the allergies. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's It's been a weird week for allergies. Yeah, uh, I guess it it's been a weird year, I guess. Uh, Sam, how True. are you? Hopefully, I'm doing good. Yeah, allergy-free. Allergy so far, I've been blessed this year with Oof. minimal allergies, but I guess that's payback because normally my allergies are terrible, so well, maybe I'm anomaly. On, you better knock on wood, girl. I am. I'm knocking. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to pop a Claritin and get through a show here <laughs> as best we can, and we're going to be talking a lot about holidays and caregiving and we've got some grief coping strategies as well at the end of the program but we're going to start out talking about what we need to know about caregiving over the holidays and we are very pleased to welcome onto the show Irene Brooks. Irene is a community liaison for Always Best Care Senior Services. Irene, welcome to Aging Matters. Thank you. And speaking of allergies, I may sneeze. <laughs> That's okay. We're all at least in the same boat. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so we're excited to talk about holiday caregiving today. And whew, Jason, when you say the holidays are coming up, Oof. I'm not going to lie. It sends a slight shiver down my spine. <laughs> Even though I do, I love decorating for Christmas. I love all the Thanksgiving food. But for a lot of people, the holidays means stress. And for those of us who are caregiving during the holidays, holidays, that can be an added stressor as if we needed any more. Um, we know a lot of times caregivers can forego the holidays mm-hmm. entirely in order just mm-hmm. to care for their loved ones. Mm-hmm. So Irene, you're here to give us some great advice today. Is it necessary for caregivers to have to completely forego their usual holiday celebrations? No, absolutely not. Um, One of the things that I always say is that it doesn't have to be an all or nothing situation Mm -hmm. when it comes to the holidays. I say it's important to listen to your gut. Um, If you want to partake, you can Mm -hmm. do it. You can do little bits and pieces, but just do it to your comfort level. Um, I've been a a caregiver myself. I took care of my dad who had Alzheimer's and Mm -hmm. um, and stage renal disease for several years. And I've done the, we're not going to do anything. Mm -hmm. We're going to try to do it all. And finally, (laughs) I learned that um, we can do a little bit and survive and do great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's key. That's key. Like, don't wear yourself out. Um, you know, you can already set yourself up for failure at the holidays, signing up for something every single day and oh, yes. doing all the things. <laughs> so it's good to know when to turn off and when to have boundaries. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and no is a full sentence. It is. I mean, you don't have to um, go into a, a whole explanation. Just, you know, no, I can't. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. That's exactly right. You know, what are some ways that you can include the person that you're caring for in holiday celebrations or gatherings? So one of the things that I always say is um, 
ask them how they would like to participate. So if there's something that they love to do but might be limited due to a disability, maybe, uh, for instance, if they love trimming the tree but they can't get up there, maybe they can get the ornaments together for you as, um, as you're putting the tree together. Um, another thing that's kind of neat is maybe tell stories about your favorite tree ornaments. Um, that's always wonderful. Um, and sometimes when, if you incorporate music, even someone with Alzheimer's, memories come uh, flooding back when you incorporate music. So um, even if you have somebody who's lost um, memories or, or function, when you incorporate music, especially um, holiday music, they may be able to talk about things that, um, or come back to some of that function that they, they may not have had, even if for just a moment. Mm-hmm. I know music is such an important part of the holidays. I mm-hmm. know for me, once we hit December 1st, I'll be blasting that Christmas music. Oh, yeah. Mariah Carey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, with my dad, it was Nat King Cole. Love it. Um, oh. And yeah, yeah, that was throughout our whole childhood. So when he had it, I would start playing that album and he would just be like normal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So every year before the holidays, you know, we at Transitions, we're always encouraging people to get set up with services they need as soon as possible. So, you know, that way they're not having to call in during a crisis um, during the holidays and really interrupting a lot of that time. So, Irene, what are some things that caregivers can do now to set set themselves up for success during the holidays? So that's a great question. A lot of Times you can um, incorporate a caregiver, even if you don't normally have a caregiver, into your holidays. And what that does, it helps you really enjoy your caregiving, uh, I'm sorry, your holiday festivities while um, having somebody there to keep an eye on mm-hmm. your loved one. So if you have, if you're uh, hosting a dinner or an event, that caregiver can um, keep an eye on your loved one. You can cook and and do the things that you enjoy knowing that that person is taken care of. Also, if you need a few days to get away, um, hire somebody. Do it as early as you can. Um, Don't cancel your trip or don't not take that trip because it's so important to do that self-care. Um, so, and a lot of times if you do have a, a caregiver, caregivers become part of the family. So mm-hmm. invite them to the holiday, uh, to the holiday festivities and ask them to, to work. They, they, they'll probably enjoy it because mm-hmm. they are part of the family. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such a good, a helpful hint, too, because um, I know for my husband and I during the holidays, pretty much from November until mid-January, we are traveling. Uh, we're here, we're yeah. there, we're everywhere. So um, that's a great thing to consider, too, to setting up and having those caregivers in place already or even inviting them along, too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
So what are some things that caregivers should put on their holiday wish list for themselves this year? You know, we're getting to a time where we're trying to think of things we want for ourselves to ask for, but what are some things that caregivers should maybe consider to ask for for themselves to help them in their caregiving journey this year? I would absolutely say time for themselves. Mm -hmm. Self-care is so important. We underestimate the amount of time that we don't give ourselves. Um, Most caregivers will say, I've aged 20 years in these five years that I've been caregiving. Mm -hmm. And it's not something that we do on purpose. It's just we think about everybody else first. And so a massage, a, um, a manicure, pedicure, a movie, mm-hmm. like sitting in a movie theater by yourself where you don't have to think about anyone for an hour or two is like huge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. You know, um, for me, going, going to the supermarket by myself and spending time was was huge but you know just any time that you don't have to think about anything i think those are like giving away those those little experiences for self-care are are just going to be really important yeah very well said making sure we take those steps for self-care especially during the holidays and making sure that you know we're enjoying that time as well as as best we can is also key. Irene, thank you so much for your time today. We've been speaking with Irene Brooks, Community Liaison with Always Best Care Senior Services. Irene, again, thank you so much for your time and for sharing your knowledge with us. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And happy holidays. Happy holidays to you as well. We're taking a quick break, but we'll be back with more. Hang tight. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF with your hosts, Mary Lucas and Jason Kong. Welcome back to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. If you want to learn more about Transitions Life Care, be sure to go online to Transitions Life Care. TransitionsLifeCare.org. Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas and Sam Peterson, and we, uh, you know, we're having a discussion here on uh, caregiving over the holidays. And ladies, I think it's important uh, to know that there are actions that we can take. You know, it's one thing yeah. to be dealing with situations, mm-hmm. but it's it's another thing to know. Okay, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. I think there's so many times that we we Sam and I and the work that we do at in at Transitions Life Care and mm-hmm. in hospice and palliative care and and the families that we talk to I think that there's so many times that in the hospitals people land in the hospital during a crisis mm-hmm. you know and Absolutely. don't know what to do or where to go and sometimes they discharge without the help that they need mm-hmm. um, because they don't know how to advocate for themselves or their loved ones and um, and in a stressful time all you want all you think about is let's get home let's get Absolutely. home. Um, and maybe you don't ask for the right resources or that you don't know what's out there is the other thing. Yeah. Um, a lot of people don't know 
what resources exist. So I think it's so important to advocate for yourself and your your family, your loved one, um, and and get the help that you need. But I think that um, Sam, I, we can talk mm-hmm. a little bit more about the importance of getting an early referral to to hospice or palliative care, especially when we're seeing um, the healthcare strain on the system right now during yeah, COVID. Absolutely, and it's you know in the past working at transitions, that's something we usually always focus on during the holiday season is, you know, we want to help folks. A lot of folks, I think if you asked them, they would probably prefer to be home for the holidays versus in and out of the hospital. And so with their family members or caregivers. Um, so one thing we focus on is really encouraging people to early refer to services, um, seek out those services earlier, have them in place in time. So that way you can be home and enjoying the holidays as best as you can. And one of the important things is referring early to hospice Mm -hmm. and palliative care like we've talked about. Um, I know that we have some data from a recent Medicare study uh, that shows that a lot of people actually access hospice very, very late in the game. Um, One of the data sets they shared was that uh, more than 10% of Medicare recipients receive hospice care for two days or less in Mm. 2019. And for those of you who may not know, hospice is actually a six-month-long benefit Mm -hmm. for Medicare. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes we have patients that are on service with us for more than six months, sometimes a year, as long as their recertification uh, goes through. So the fact that people in 2019, 10% were on hospice for two days or less is insane. I think that at that rate, you don't get the full benefit of hospice because it's an emergency, it's rushed, it's... Um, urgent at that point when when you're on hospice for longer and you're getting full advantage of that benefit you're able to the patient and the family are able to experience the interdisciplinary team that comes in mm-hmm. the nurses the volunteers physicians counselors social workers spiritual care and bereavement yeah. um, therapists you in two days you don't get the full benefit no. of all of those disciplines and even in some of the longer stays for example uh, 25 percent of beneficiaries receive care for five days or less mm. and 50 percent received care for 18 days or less mm-hmm. so while 18 may sound like a lot still like you said when you consider that six-month benefit and all of the access to care and the interdisciplinary interdisciplinary team that you have access to, mm-hmm. you're really not able to utilize it um, as much as you could be when mm-hmm. you're referring later to hospice or seeking out hospice care later. Definitely. So maybe, Sam, could you talk us through some of the signs or things that you should look out for and maybe the timing that uh, you should be having a conversation with your doctor and your family Absolutely. about when hospice is appropriate? Yeah. So some things to look for, some signs of, of decline that uh, we often note as hospice practitioners are withdrawal from people, activities, communicating less, eating and drinking less with gradual weight loss, sleeping more. Increased hospitalizations is another big one. That's a big tipper we always tell people to look out for. We know a lot of time after each hospitalization, uh, patients tend to decline a little bit more after each um, experience in the hospital. Mm -hmm. Disorientation and confusion is another one to look out for. And some key physical changes that you could look out for um, or your doctor can also be looking for too are increased or decreased pulse decreased blood pressure, changes in skin color, irregularities in breathing, 
and really big changes in body temperature too. Mm -hmm. So those are all some things that you can be on the lookout for and your doctor can be on the lookout for. And, and when you're starting to see those signs, maybe that's time to start thinking about having that discussion about hospice um, with your physician or your loved one. And I think and the step further from all of those, you, you start having these conversations with your physician, your loved one about is hospice appropriate. The next step is which hospice is appropriate. And I think there's some important questions to ask when you're in mm-hmm. that situation to make sure that you are finding the right hospice provider for you. Um, it's things like looking at quality scores mm-hmm. in CMS and um, how long has the hospice been in operation? Uh, are they Medicare certified? I think yeah. a big one that people um, don't realize is, is there an option for inpatient care. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes a patient being cared for at home might need to go into an inpatient unit for management of complicated symptoms or things that you just can't control at home. Or you also get family respite. Uh-huh. And so you get a little break as a caregiver and um, having your loved one be able to go to an inpatient facility for care for either respite or symptom management um, is a huge thing uh, that mm-hmm. you should look for in a hospice. So make sure uh, when you're in that situation at the hospital that you're asking the question, to find the right hospice provider mm-hmm. for you. I always encourage patients and families to, um, you know, for loved ones I know who live out of state that I may not be familiar with the agencies in the area, I always encourage them to, you know, search around, look up some of those data points you mentioned, um, and then also call them and ask to mm-hmm. speak with them, ask for an informational visit. Um, Pretty much every hospice, it's something I do in my role. I meet mm-hmm. with families and I talk about our services we offer and answer questions for families. And it's a really kind of great way to put faces to names and, and kind of meet people mm-hmm. and get a get a better feel for the hospice agency itself. So I always encourage families, um, if you're considering hospices, to reach out and set up an informational visit. Definitely. And I think uh, one other thing that just popped in my head about uh, when searching for hospices is also bereavement services. Mm-hmm. Um, some hospice uh, uh, providers offer bereavement services and um, that grief support is so critical um, after the death of a loved one. And so um, make sure that someone, the provider that you choose does have an offering where you're able to seek counseling and support groups and educational and they're able to provide that educational material and outreach um, that you need to get the support through the whole continuum of Mm -hmm. your care. Absolutely. Another one too, um, and you may have mentioned, is volunteer services as well. Um, They can also help you with with some respite too if you um, need a volunteer. A lot of times agencies have volunteers. They can offer to go out and spend an hour or so in the home maybe so Mm -hmm. you can just take a breather or so you can go out and run a quick errand. Um, That's another really important benefit to look for with hospice agencies is their their volunteer services. As as an old volunteer myself (laughs) in family support, I can't can't say that enough. I, I really enjoyed my time before I started working uh, at Transitions as a family support volunteer and um, being able to go into the home and spend time with the patient while the caregiver was able to go run and get groceries or grab lunch or, you know, just get out of the house and go to the gym. Um, I think that that is such an underutilized benefit mm-hmm. of hospice is being able to um, is being able to get help from the volunteer services and even just to have someone to talk to really um, who may have been in your shoes at some point and, and has that experience and um, and and can provide empathy and really uh, work mm-hmm. with work with caregivers. So I think it's so underutilized yeah. the volunteer support services. Absolutely. So you know we really encourage you all listening to, like we said, look for some of those signs of decline. And if you're seeing that, 
initiate that conversation. And it's so mm-hmm. important, especially around the holidays, to, to try and get everything in place so you can have the best experience for yourself and for your loved one. Yeah, staying out of the hospital is so important, um, you know, now more than ever with the pandemic that we're going through. Um, but just being at home around the holidays mm-hmm. is so important and be able to spend time with family and not stress about um, what's going on outside Absolutely. there. Yeah, that's great advice and things that we need to be thinking about and actions that we can take to make sure that we're doing the best for our loved ones and for caregivers, just making sure that they're top of mind and getting the support that everyone needs, no matter which side of the journey that you're on. We're taking a quick break, but we'll be back with more. Stick around. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. 60 minutes devoted to giving you all the information you need when caring for a loved one with Mary Lucas and Jason Kong. If you have questions for the show, you can email agingmatters at transitionslifecare.org. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Don't forget you can always learn more about Transitions Life Care online at transitionslifecare.org, transitionslifecare.org. I am Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas and Sam Peterson. And before we head out today, I know we want to take some time here to talk about self-care and Mary and Sam, we always love to check in. You, you two are personally caregivers, and you have stories to update us with. So, uh, Mary, give us the latest. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, we've been talking a lot. Of, we, we've talked on the show a bit about si- social isolation, and I know next week we have a, um, a great episode on social isolation for seniors and COVID and how, how to manage that. But to kind of kick it off a little bit early, um, my grandfather, as I talk about quite often, lives in an independent living facility. So he has his own apartment, um, and he has a care caregiver, a private caregiver that comes in for him daily. And, um, you know, the facility has just done, where he lives has done a great job of um, engaging with him. Mm -hmm. And through COVID, they've always checked in on him. And it just makes me so relieved to know that someone's checking it, which is a great reason to think about an independent or assisted living facility as as you try to age Mm -hmm. in place. Or those are great options to keep people, um, you know, active and social. And um, so two things. One, they have engaged him in teaching a class, which um, I for the, love it. <laughs> he is so excited. Um, he makes these little coat hangers that he wraps yarn around and ties yarn on them. Um, I, say, I have one, and it's beautiful. <laughs> he gets so much joy out of making these coat hangers for people, and they're actually great because you put your shirt on them, and they don't, they don't like. Slip. But yeah, they don't slip because it has the yarn on it. So. And they also don't leave like those puckers in your sleeves Mm -hmm. um, because they're like soft. Uh, So he's really excited to teach everybody how at the facility how to make these yarn coat hangers. And it keeps him busy. Like they they take a little bit of brain activity. He has to use his hands and um, he loves making them. He sees people light up when he gives them. And he was so excited to give our team uh, some. They're so (laughs) colorful and fun too. You can't help but smile when you look at them. Yes. He picks the rainbow yarn. So when he he rolls it out on them, he gets so 
excited about what color it may be mm-hmm. and what it looks like. Um, so they've engaged him for the class, which I think is awesome. And, and being involved in some of the social activities um, that he has. Also, he started to link up with his retired IBM friends, and they're playing Pinochle, which I've never played Pinochle, but uh, <laughs> I don't know if y'all, it's some card game, right? Um, but I think thinking back and, you know, I'm just, I'm happy for him because you hear the joy in his voice now and being mm-hmm. able to do some of these things. And um, I think it's important to remember, you know, ways to get involved in your communities mm-hmm. and and be active. And, you know, I, I've been thinking about my own self-care lately. You know, I took a day off on Friday to do nothing but, like, ride my bike and yeah. walk the dog. just love a nothing day sometimes. It's really needed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't do that enough. <laughs> And we've shared some good resources. I know, Mary, we talked to your aunt a couple episodes ago with the Garner Senior Center. But, you know, I wanted to remind people, too, that, you know, we are for the time being that a lot of senior centers have reopened, um, you know, with some restrictions still. So I really encourage people to check out your local senior center. Some of them are doing some really awesome and great programs that you can get involved in, you know, while still staying staying COVID safe. Um, So now that those have kind of opened back up a little bit, you know, just encourage people to check them out again. Yeah, absolutely. I also wanted to let people know about a free resource. Um, It's called the Hope Line. Um, If you're 65 or older and feeling isolated or lonely, um, the Hope Line is a great resource as well. I know that we've uh, at Transitions have talked a bit with them. It's called One Hope. There's trained staff and volunteers, um, and they encourage callers with, you know, compassion and um, a friendly voice and just someone to talk to. So so it's a free resource. It's open Monday through Friday, 9 to 9 Eastern time. So you can call anytime between 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. And that number is 866-578-4673. Um, it's just a really great free resource for those in our community. Again, 866-578-4673. If you would like to talk to somebody anytime, 9 to 9 I've good to know. Maybe I'll call. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's it's a wonderful resource that's available, and I encourage everyone. You know, we we just talked about how uh, social social isolation can impact our, our seniors and just people in general. And as Mary said, we're going to have a show on that next week. But take some time today. You know, don't wait. If if you have a loved one who's been kind of isolated or just just been kind of stuck by themselves due to COVID-19, maybe hasn't been able to reach out to their usual social group, Take do a Zoom call today or even a mm-hmm. phone call, whatever you have to do. Just reach out to someone and make sure that they're okay. Check in on them. It's, it's so important to do. And uh, it's hard because, you know, we get caught up in our own lives, but it really goes a long way for those who are uh, kind of stuck in their bubble and dealing with that social isolation. We're taking a quick break, but we'll be back with more. Stick around. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Joined by Mary Lucas from Transitions Life Care. Here's your host, Jason Kong. Welcome back to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680, WPTF News Talk Traffic. Jason Kong here with 
Mary Lucas and Sam Peterson, and we are about to wrap up our series here on coping with grief over the holidays. And, you know, we've been using this acronym COPE, and we've gone over what C stands for and O and P. And today we're going to be focusing on the E in COPE, and we'll also get a, a quick recap of what the other letters stand for as well. And we are very pleased to welcome back Cassandra Smith. She is a bereavement counselor with Transitions Grief Care. Cassandra, welcome back to the show. Hi, Jason, and thanks for having me back. Um, Well, since the last segment, I've really been noticing just how quickly time seems to be flying by. Hard to believe Thanksgiving is already right around the corner, and I'm still remembering bringing in the new year like it was just a few months ago. (laughs) Yeah, but now the cold weather has returned. We've just experienced daylight savings time. There's been talk of snow. All signs that the holidays are approaching. Well, while time is quickly moving and the changing season is bringing feelings of nostalgia and excitement, these signs for grievers are often signs that there are difficult times ahead. and They're not necessarily expecting to feel a lot of joy. For some people, Holiday plans have already been made. For others, plans are still in the works. And there are those that are still trying to figure out just how to spend this time. And many griefers are in this last group, still trying to figure out what this season's going to look like and dreading what they're expecting it to feel like. My colleague Haven and I have shared what we hope will be a support for those who are hurting and longing for some of the peace and joy that basically shouted from the rooftop during this time. As mentioned, we've used the letters in the word COPE to offer some strategies to help grievers move through this season. The first week, Haven shared strategies for the C in COPE, which is compassion for self. This is where the griever treats themselves as they would a best friend. If a best friend is hurting, you offer unconditional compassion and support. We encourage grievers to treat themselves the same way. Be compassionate and allow yourself to make decisions that work for you. Recognize that after a loss, your capacity to manage normal day-to-day is not what it was before the loss. Compassion is being okay with this. Being okay with not being okay and recognizing and accepting it's normal not to feel normal. The second week was spent sharing strategies for the O in the COPE acronym, which is open communication. Being open and honest about needs is important for grievers as really only they can truly connect with what's inside their hearts and minds. And because these loss in its uniqueness is not something that's been experienced before, understanding what your needs are as well as how to communicate those needs can feel quite foreign. But Finding the words is important so that others know your preferences and have a better understanding of how to support you. In week three segment, I shared strategies for the letter P in COPE, which is planning. And I shared how planning can allow the griever to take back some of the control over a time that can feel very much emotionally out of control. Though feeling a loss of control is not uncommon, often the experience is intensified during the holiday season. So it's important that grievers take time to honor what they feel is best for themselves and make plans accordingly. 
making intentional choices of how time is spent and with whom it'll be spent can reduce stress and anxiety during this time. So now the last letter in our COPE acronym, the E is for engaging in self-care. This, this one actually incorporates all of what was shared previously, being compassionate towards self, open communication of needs, and taking back some control by planning are all forms of self-care. Self-care plays a significant role in a griever's ability to navigate the holidays as it sort of gives, gives permission to do what's necessary. It does not solve the problem or get rid of sadness, but it does help a griever to get through the hard times and may even reduce some of the heartache that could present itself. Self-care is at times, you know, it can seem, be seen as selfish, which is not the case. Being selfish is putting your needs ahead of others for personal gain, while self-care is putting some needs first so you're then able to be of help to others. This can be huge for grievers to remember, particularly for those who struggle with this concept and may attempt to put off or suppress their grief so they can be present for others. I've worked with a lot of parents who really had a tough time, tough times making space for themselves because they're trying to be present for their children and feel it's selfish to give attention to themselves while their children are also grieving. I've also worked with children who are doing the same as they're trying to be present for their parents. But you cannot pour from an empty bucket. You have to be nourished and replenished in order to continue being able to give. Time is something else, something else that should be considered. Grief is a journey, not a destination, so it's going to take time. During this time, pay attention to your entire being, your body, your mind, heart, spirit, and soul, all of you, and allowing time for giving attention to what's needed in each area. If you're fatigued or need space for reflection, take the time. If you need support from others, take that time. Make time for your feelings and allow yourself to journey at your own pace. Then we also have rest to consider. Grief is emotionally and physically exhausting. So it isn't uncommon for grievers to feel unusually tired. Sticking with a routine when possible, eating regular meals, maintaining an exercise routine. These are all helpful strategies for decreasing feelings of exhaustion. Resting may also include taking time off work if you can or releasing other demands for a while. Taking time to enjoy special moments, such as hot baths or taking naps, which is one of my favorites, the nap taking, <laughs> um, or, or even vegging out on a favorite TV series. Whatever it is for you, be intentional about finding ways to rest and replenish. Also know that focus and concentration can be a bear during grief. Let self-care show up in the form of grace. Show yourself grace and write things down. Your mind is really working overtime and can use the help. My mother used to always say a short pencil is better than a long memory anytime. <laughs> that, memory, that memory can fail and it often does during the grief experience. Another thing to consider when engaging in self-care is the power of hope. Because grief can feel endless, Connecting with others who've had similar experiences can be helpful. 
hope can be found in hearing how others have recovered over time as they've experienced decreased pain and increased ability to function. Consider attending a grief group with people who get it. Hope can also be found through faith and spiritual beliefs, associating with people who understand and respect your need to talk about these beliefs can be of great support. Maybe attend a holiday service or a special religious ceremony. Now, Jason, Sam, and Mary, I'm going to attempt to delicately address what can be a sensitive area because people have different views on this. But that food and those beverages during this time, <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> they can either be a friend or a foe. So what I'll say here is just be careful. Pay attention to what and how much you're consuming. Overindulgence, while it may offer a temporary relief, it is not the answer and will not take away what you must go through during your grief experience. It also has the potential to make things worse when you're forced to face the reality of what loss brings. Another thing, know that the big picture can look quite daunting. So instead of looking at how big it all is or how big it all feels, set small goals. Focus on the present and allow yourself to take one day at a time and sometimes one minute or even one second at a time if that's all you can manage. And finally, try to remember, it's okay to be happy. Happiness does not diminish how much you love and how much you miss the person who isn't there this holiday. It's okay to be happy. So... While coping through compassion, open communication, planning, and engaging in self-care, remember, you can do this, and you will move through and get to the other side. Well, that's very well said, Cassandra. Thank you so much to both you and Haven for guiding us through uh, this acronym of COPE and giving us some strategies for those who are grieving over the holidays, if you want to find more information, be sure to go to transitionslifecare.org. You can click on the resources tab, and there you can find more about grief resources as well. Cassandra, thank you so much for your time and for really helping us and educating us on this subject. You are certainly welcome, and thank you so much for having me. And I do wish that you all have a wonderful time during the holidays. We hope the same for you as well. We are out of time for today. We hope you will join us again next weekend. Thank you so much for listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Have a wonderful weekend. You've been listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. For more information, log on to transitionslifecare.org.